Hello and welcome to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. This is a Scattered Abroad Network podcast. It's hard to believe, but we've only got two weeks left on the current season, so we are going to look at the first half of Second Peter chapter 3 this week. Lord willing, next week we will conclude this season looking at Second Peter chapter 3, the second part. We want to look at verses 1 through 9 this week on the podcast. Verses 1 and 2, Peter is going to have a reminder for the purpose of this epistle. Peter writes, Beloved, I now write to you the second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of a reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Peter starts off by saying the word beloved. We need to never underestimate the power of this word. Just a quick search in Esword, I found that this word appears 63 times just in the New Testament. Some of those are, uh, for instance, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But most of the references to the word beloved are actually between Christians who are showing love for one another. Do you ever sing the song, The Greatest Commands? Love one another, for love is of God, right? Well, we are to love one another as Christians. What about the the song, Angry Words? Oh, let them never from the tongue unbridled slip. In the chorus, it says, Love one another, thus saith the Savior. Children, obey the Father's blessed command. We certainly need to obey the blessed command that is to love one another. And Peter definitely brings that out when he mentions the word beloved. Jesus told us that all men would know that we are his disciples by our love for one another. So this is certainly extremely important. Peter continues when he says, I now write to you this second epistle in both of which, both of his epistles, he stirs up their pure minds by way of reminder. There are two things that are very important in this section of the verse. Number one, we are to have pure minds. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, the transformation that we are supposed to undergo as Christians. By the way, just a plug here for Caleb Rutherford's podcast, the Transform podcast. Make sure you go and check that out. But Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And notice this, how are we transformed? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Speaking of the reminder from the former epistle, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, Peter had reminded them earlier, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love, of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Another way of saying that would be pure mind. So we have to have pure minds. We have to have minds that are focused on Christ, focused on Christ-likeness. That is, we need to be like him as we grow as Christians. We should be more and more like Christ each and every day. But the second important part of what Peter says in this part of verse 1 He says that they needed a reminder, and certainly we all need reminders from time to time, but 
What did they need reminded of? Notice verse 2, that you may be mindful of, and then he adds the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. This is, of course, a reference to the Old Testament. Romans 15 verse 4 says that the things which were written before time were written for our learning. We need to make sure that we read our Old Testaments. I know that technically we are New Testament Christians, as everyday Christians, but we still need to read our Old Testaments. There's so much that uh, really can be best understood in the New Testament by understanding the Old Testament. It all goes hand in hand. The Old Testament is sometimes called the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So certainly we need to understand both our Old Testaments and our New Testaments, even though we are living specifically in the New Testament. So Peter reminds them that they need to be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets of the Old Testament and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. So that brings in your New Testament right there. By the way, did the apostles have authority to command things? Well, of course they did. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus says, I am giving you authority to the apostles. And they were to teach, to make disciples, to teach and, and baptize, and then to teach again the things that Christ had commanded them. So they certainly had the authority to teach the things that Christ had commanded. Thus, every word that the apostles spoke, as well as there are a few uh, writers in the New Testament that were not apostles, but still inspired writers of the New Testament, every word of it we accept as authoritative to our lives. Well, Peter gets further into the reminders that Christians need when he writes in verses 3 through 7 about scoffers who are coming who deny judgment. Notice verse number 3, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust. Do we have any scoffers who are walking around today walking according to their own lust? Well, of course we do. We see that all around us. The second question I want to ask you is this, are we in the last days today? So Peter talks about scoffers coming in the last days. Well, absolutely we are in the last days. Just uh, one reference in Hebrews, Hebrews 1, verse 1, and the first part of verse 2 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoken time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. So the Hebrews writer comes right out and says, look, we're in the last days. God has spoken by his Son authoritatively. Uh, his son gave authority to the apostles as well. So yes, we absolutely are in the last days. We have been in the last days for a long time. Well, what are these scoffers saying in the last days? Verse 4, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So what are they saying? Well, they're asking the question, well, where's the promise of Christ coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, they died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Things just keep going right along 
History just keeps moving right along, and where's Jesus at? I thought he was coming. Well, nowadays we're lucky if people even acknowledge the creation. He talks about the beginning of creation here. Nowadays we're lucky that people even acknowledge that, because there are so many who uh, believe in the false premises of, of evolution and so on. But the attitude of the scoffers is, I don't see Jesus anywhere. I don't see miracles being performed today. So how can you prove that Jesus is who he said he was? And and now there are even people who deny Jesus altogether in the sense that they, they don't even believe that Jesus really existed. So there are definitely scoffers today, uh, scorners, fools who uh, are not acknowledging Christ and they mock the message of the cross. Well, they also deny, of course, the resurrection of Christ. And as we're about to see, they mock and deny the message of the judgment as well. And so there are many who have the attitude today, we'll just eat, drink, and be merry, just have fun, because uh, when the day comes, we're just going to die and be buried, and that will be it, is their belief. Well, uh, Christians, we understand that there's going to be a judgment. There's going to be a resurrection, a resurrection unto life for those who do good and a resurrection unto death for those who do evil, John 5, 28 and 29. Well, those who are scoffers willfully forget things. They basically willfully forget God. I want you to notice verse 5. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water. We'll pause right there and, and move on to chapter to, uh, verse 6 in just a moment. But they willfully forget. In other words, they don't want to believe. Atheists, for in instance, they don't want to believe that by the word of God, the word spoken at creation, by the way, John 1, verses 1 and following, by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, this is the creation, and there were waters or fountains in the deep, and then you've got the earth's crust, the land being formed during the days of creation, and standing up out of and in the water. And so Peter references the creation. Well, there are those who willfully forget the creation and the creator. By the way, look at Romans chapter 1 as well. They uh, serve the creature instead of the creator. Verse 6, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. So the world that then was, by the way, I, I have a sermon on that, and I think I put it in our Sermon of the Week podcast, so uh, if I can find that link, I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, there was a world that then was, and then because of the wickedness of man, Genesis chapter 6, God destroyed that world with a flood. Now, thankfully, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis 6, verse 8, and uh, Genesis 6, verse 22, everything that God commanded him, uh, thus Noah did. So thankfully, because of that, we're still still here today, and, and certainly we're thankful for Noah's wonderful example of obedience. By faith, Noah built the ark to the saving of his house, Hebrews chapter 11. So uh, the point being that Peter's making here is the world that then existed, the flood came, and took the evil people away, and they perished. So the earth, as they knew it, it was gone. The flood came, and uh, the earth was forever changed after that. 
Well, what is happening on the earth today? Verse number seven says, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, the same word that created this world, now the heavens and the earth are preserved and are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Have you ever canceled a reservation at a restaurant? Well, we can do that, but we cannot cancel the reservation that Peter's talking about in this verse. It is coming. It is like a thief in the night, and one day it will be here, and there's no going back at that point. There is a finality that will be on the day of judgment when Jesus returns. If we're not ready, then we're going to wish for the mountains to fall down on top of us, literally crushing us, or we're going to to wish for the seas to swallow us up and hide us somehow because we will not want to be facing the punishment that will come if we're not ready on the day of judgment. So this is my plea to you. If you're a listener to the Everyday Christian Podcast and maybe you're not a Christian, you've never obeyed the gospel, you've never been baptized into Christ, believing on Christ with all of your heart and repenting of your sins and confessing Christ. If you've never done that, you need to do that because this is very, very, very serious subject matter that Peter is dealing with here. Maybe you're a Christian, but you're not faithful. Maybe you're not walking in the light anymore. You need to make some changes in your life so that you won't have to face this judgment that is coming, this uh, judgment of fire on the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Finally, this week, verses 8 and 9, we want to receive some encouragement from Peter here. God has not forgotten about us. Verse number 8, but, and again he uses the word beloved, Do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Have you ever heard a preacher say, if you don't remember anything else that I have said about the message today, remember this. Well, if you don't remember anything else that has been said on the podcast today, remember this. With the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So does the Lord know that it has been 2,000 years roughly since Jesus came? Yes, he knows that. So why is he delaying? Where is the promise of his coming? These are questions that the scoffers are asking. But we need to remember that with the Lord, one day is as a 1,000 years. And as a 1,000 years, one day. God is eternal. He looks at time much differently than we do. And not only that, but verse number nine, the Lord is not slack concerning the promise, the promise that Jesus will return. The Lord is not wishy-washy. He's not slack concerning that promise. No, as some men count slackness, some people like these scoffers think that the Lord is slack, but that's not what is going on here. Verse number nine, remember this, the long-suffering nature of God is giving people a chance to repent. As long as there are people who have a chance to repent because of the breath that's still in their lungs, I believe, and and this is kind of my opinion, but I believe what Peter is saying here is as long as there's a possibility that someone out there uh, has the kind of heart that when they hear the gospel, they'll repent and obey it, then God's going to let the earth remain. And then uh, when that is no longer the case, 
then he's going to say, time for Jesus to return. That's my opinion on this. I know folks have different opinions on that particular aspect of this. But to me, it makes sense with what Peter is saying here. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that kind of goes along with when uh, when Lot was on his search for righteous souls in Sodom and Gomorrah, and he, he does this countdown of, well, what about 50? What about uh, 40, etc.? And he gets down to 10. Well, can I find 10 righteous souls? If I can, then um, will you please spare Sodom and Gomorrah? And God says, okay, I will, if you can find 10. But he couldn't find 10. In the days of Noah, it was eight souls left, Noah and his family, that were saved. Everybody else was wicked. So maybe it's going to be something like that. Maybe there's just such a small minority of the righteous left that that's when God's going to say, okay, enough is enough. I'm destroying the world. Again, I, I can't prove that at all. Um, I'm not a prophet, and I don't know. We do know that the Lord said that uh, while he was on earth, no man, and not even himself, knew when the exact day or hour would be. But we do know that the hour, the day is coming. It's coming like a thief in the night, and that's the main point that we need to understand. At some point, this world will end. God will destroy it with fire. Jesus will return in the clouds, uh, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and do not obey his gospel. Second Thessalonians 1 verse 8. So we've got to remember this. We've got to be thankful, number one, for the long-suffering nature of God, but also we've got to be thankful for the goodness of God that grants us opportunities for repentance. I hope that you have enjoyed this study of Second Peter chapter 3 on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Lord willing, next week we will wrap up the season looking at the last bit of Second Peter chapter 3. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.